Welcome to Tailboard Talk, a fourth shift fitcast. The mission of Tailboard Talk and the fourth shift fitness is to educate and train fire service personnel to increase durability and decrease the potential for injuries and their associated costs. My name is Chris Morella, owner and founder of Fourth Shift Fitness. I'll use my experience as a personal trainer, strength coach, and 15-year veteran of the fire service to deliver tips, tricks, lessons, and information specifically geared towards the health and wellness of firefighters and paramedics. Each episode, you'll leave with immediate deliverables that will improve performance and resilience and keep you in the fight through your career and into retirement. Let's get into it. Hey guys, Chris from Force Shift Fitness and back for another episode of Tailboard Talk. Thanks for the feedback on the last episode. We talked about either or thinking and um, uh, got some good messages about that. So I really appreciate that. And thanks and always feel free to reach out uh, if you like an episode or if it means something to you. Uh, if you don't like it, keep it to yourself. Also, uh, thank you. We had some people donate to the Buy Me a Coffee button. That's awesome. Uh, that just lets me know that you guys like what I'm doing and kind of on the, I'm on the right track, and I really appreciate that. So thank you. Um, if you're interested in that, uh, it's just a button on the website, on the episodes page, and also on the latest episode page, and it's just a, a thing called Buy Me a Coffee. That's the name of the program, but it's just a, a $3 donation. So if you like what's going on here, I really appreciate it, but no big deal. If not, head to the website. There's also shirts, hats, and stickers available. Any who's. Today, I want to answer a question, and that question is, how important is deadlifting really? Like, is it really that important? Is it just something that people do? It looks dangerous. I don't know if I want to. I think people hurt themselves, so what do you think? Well, I'll ruin the episode right away. I'll just give you the answer. On a scale of one to absolutely necessary, I would rate deadlifting as extremely crucial, and please start doing it if you're not, but do it properly so you don't hurt yourself. So that's above a 10. Um, It's extremely important that we know how to deadlift. And I think the natural thought when I say deadlift is like a straight bar, like a barbell deadlift. That's important. Um, But more so what's important is the action, the hinge action, Um, lifting something heavy from the ground using a hinge pattern. That's what's important. I'm not necessarily concerned too much about what implement you use or even what kind of deadlift you do, to be honest with you. But it's getting comfortable sitting back in a hinge position in using your hips and your hamstrings and your back, of course, to pick something off the ground, drive north to get off the ground. That's an extremely important act to be comfortable with and to train, and if you can, to get really, really strong at. I was just having a conversation with one of the guys the other day, and we were talking about aging and uh, kind of what happens as you get older. And we were talking about just good things for people to keep doing. Of course, we talked about walking and then loaded carries a little bit. Because you're fighting against gravity, you're making your body fight against some external force trying to drag it down to earth. And so naturally it's going to not turn on, but it's going to activate the right things to, even if you have what would be considered poor posture, it's going to make it a little bit better. It's not going to like fix you. You're not going to stand straight as an arrow up tall if you're real hunched over just because you're carrying a 10 pound weight. But it's going to give you something, it's going to give your body something more than its own gravity to fight against. So it's going to put a little extra muscle in the game. And so I started to explain to him what happens when you get old. And here's what happens. If you look at your body as a front half and a back half, as you get older, two things happen. Your back gets progressively weaker and longer. That's a weird thing to think about, but you actually your muscles in your back lengthen out because you don't use them as much. You're not pulling or rowing 
and uh, your posture starts to sag. You might be sitting more, and this is over I mean, a long time, years and years, decades, right? Um, your back gets longer and weaker, overextended, and your front side gets shorter and tighter, and not tighter in like a toned good way, that buzzword toning, but tighter is in like shriveled up. And we, the place this happens most is at the chest and also the front of the hip. And so now if we imagine that, right, if you have a very short front of your hip, imagine that is like um, somebody who can't stand up straight. So their butt's poked out a little bit and they always look like they're leaning forward a little bit, like they're kind of peeking over the edge of something. That would be a short front of the hip. And if you have a tight chest and a weak back, you're going to round your shoulders forward. If you combine those two things, you have what we would consider like the typical 90-year-old posture. Short steps, you're shuffling because you can't get your foot that far out of your center of gravity because you're hunched forward and you don't want to fall forward or back. Kind of bent at the hip, a little bit of a hinge at the hip, kind of stuck there and also chest facing more or less towards the ground. You're, you're hunched over and you're shuffling along. I'm not saying it's the only reason that happens, but that's the that's the physical manifestation of those things happening, of your back the back half of your body getting weak, so your butt is getting weak, your back is getting weak, and it's kind of letting go and lengthening, and your chest and your anterior hip, your front of your hip is shortening and tightening because you're not using as much in an open position. And then your body's over time just says, okay, if you want to be shaped like a like a uh, shrimp, then we'll just curl you up like a crustacean. It's no big deal. And you live in that kyphotic posture. So that's that's the general population speech on it, right? So that's that's the reason the general population should continue to pull and row and deadlift and stand up straight and use their butt and their hamstrings and their back to lift stuff. For the firefighting population, it's got some different connotations altogether. First of all, it's one of the best ways to keep your knees and also your hips injury protected. I'm not gonna say injury free or, or protect or um, uh, impervious to injury, but it's a, you give yourself a much better chance if you do things that train your butt and your hamstrings, specifically your butt and your lower back. That's going to open up the front of your hip. Uh, it's going to help keep your knees where they're supposed to be when you're squatting or lunging or just stepping around. Your your knee is mostly controlled by your hamstring. I shouldn't. That's a weird way to say it. One of the reasons that people's knees dive in when they're squatting is because they're being quad dominant, and the quad will drive the adductors into that knee in position, like that collapsed in valgus knee position. If you sit back and you activate your butt and your hamstrings, your hamstrings act like two little tension wires on your shin and on your knee, and they pull it back. They suck it back into position, and it's much easier to keep your knees out of that caved-in position if you're sitting back and your hamstrings and your butt are doing a good amount of work compared to your quad. That's a little bit more of a drawn-out way to say it, but the stronger your hamstrings and butt are, the more resilient your knees and hips will be uh, and on the other side if you have a good upright posture you can reach overhead easier right we have we already can have our pack and our uh, possibly your suspenders and your jacket limiting your overhead range of motion if you can make your natural musculature as free as possible so you can reach overhead and now you just have those artificial ones those mechanical structures in place blocking you we can sometimes overpower those or get around them but if both your musculature is out of whack and weak, and you have those mechanical barriers in the way, you don't stand much of a chance. You're actually setting yourself for a big time injury because it's going to make you compensate in other ways. So from a sheer injury prevention standpoint, 
Training something like the deadlift with a heavy hinge pattern is going to help you avoid injuries in those couple places. Aside from that, we have to look at our job as a whole and kind of what our job entails. And when you put it in that context, almost every single thing that we do that's actually important happens either at the ground or near the ground. And most of it is either moving along the ground or standing up from the ground. I mean, very few things that we do that are of actual high acuity and high importance happen at a standing position or a jumping position beyond that. I mean, that's extremely rare, but, um, I mean, even something like throwing a ladder, you're picturing yourself throwing a ladder, you're standing and pushing it in the building, but it's not just going to float up to your shoulder. If you're doing a single person throw, you got to get it off the ground. Victim drags, hose advancement, everything that we do happens. It starts from the ground. Every piece of equipment we use, we have to pick up. Even if it's coming from a compartment, you're usually going to put it down to stage it. Think extrication equipment, um, even something like the irons, right? You're going to put something down and then pick it up and use it. So if we lose the ability to pick things up from the ground, if we lose the ability to hinge and pick up heavy stuff, especially people, if we're talking EMS stuff or just victim stuff now, or each other, right? That DRD drag, the backwards dummy drag that you might have to do, uh, by pulling somebody backwards, that's kind of a hinge position. That's a bent. That's like an, a stuck-in-place deadlift position, and you're going to backpedal your feet. It's an extremely important position and posture to be able to train and use effectively. So like I said, when it comes to the actual deadlifting, right, actually using a barbell to deadlift, that's important. Like That's an important thing to be comfortable with and know how to do because although it's uncommon on a fire scene or, or with patient care, there are some times when you can, you can set your feet in a good position, an even position, and you can get into a, like an actual lifter's wedge and deadlift a, a lot of weight, 18 inches off the ground. And that might be necessary. It's also important to train like a stagger stance or a rocket start or kickstand deadlift, but the hips action is mostly the same. You need to be able to stand up tall and then sit back through your hips with a soft bend in your knee, maybe more, maybe less, depending on the situation, and a stable lower back and a strong T-spine that can move around if it needs to, and get close to the ground, if not to the ground, and then stand up strong using your hips and your lower back and your upper back and your hamstrings and all that stuff on the back of your body to a standing position without having to do paperwork afterwards. That's what we're talking about. So I don't care if you do, like I said, barbell deadlift. I don't care if you do trap bar deadlift or hex bar deadlift. I don't care if you do double dumbbell deadlifts. Um, From the top down, we can do several different RDL variations. Um, There's a bunch of different kinds, right? But using that hinge position over the double knee bend or the squat position is an absolutely crucial skill. So... um, this is shaping up to be a really short episode. I didn't want to try to convince you that it is important. I wanted to tell you why it was important. I'm hoping that um, you think it is important. I remember a long time ago when me and my brother growing up, we were, the fear of God was putting us about deadlifts. It was like, don't do that. You're absolutely going to hurt yourself. You're lifting with your back. That's the entire point of it is you're going to strain your back and hurt it. And I think hopefully we've come a long way in, in educating people that the old saying, like lift with your legs, not with your back is mostly true, Right. But that squat position, that that like the cartoon squat position where somebody's squatting down kind of up on their toes and the load is directly under their crotch and they can stand straight up like an elevator, we, ha- we, ha- we know realistically that's not always a possibility. So we need to be able to hinge out a little bit, right, and put our chest over our toes a good amount and then be able to stand up with a, at least our own body weight. 
at least your own body weight. And so I understand that people are still like hesitant of it because they've heard nothing but horror stories. If you're nervous about it or if you tried it once or twice alone, find a coach to help you out with it. If you did it with a coach and you still didn't like it, I would just, I would encourage you to find another coach or try it again or find a variation. There's so many variations of a hinge pattern, a deadlift pattern that you can do. I guarantee we can find one for you that works and that's going to carry out the primary goal of getting you comfortable with a hinge and getting you picking up heavy stuff from the ground, not in an awkward double knee bend elevator squat position. And listen, if nothing else, if nothing else catches your eye about deadlifting, just know that you don't want to look like a wall when you turn sideways. There's a lot of sad, flat-ass people walking around this earth. You don't want to be one. So if nothing else, if you're driven by vanity and aesthetics, I'm down with that. All right? I'm with you. Doing deadlifts, amongst other things, is one of your best bang for your buck exercises for growing your butt and looking good. And uh, who doesn't want that? Right? Let's, uh, let's be real here. This is a realistic view, right? So yeah, everyone wants a nice butt. So start deadlifting. All right, guys. I hope this generates some conversation. I hope there's some people that heard this and are nervous about deadlifting. Maybe this is going to let them try it again. I got, I'll, I'll put up a bunch of deadlift videos this week. I got a bunch of them from the movement database. Um, if you have any questions, please shoot them over or comment on the videos I'm going to post. I'd love to talk to you about deadlifting and just being comfortable getting in and out of that position and being strong in that position. It, it is a lift that makes you feel so strong once you get comfortable with it that, uh, I want everybody be, to at least have that feeling uh, once or twice, and then they can decide if they like it or not. All right, head to the website if you want a shirt, hat, or sticker. Go to the episodes page if you want to donate a coffee. I'll shout you out. Um, that's it, guys. Be excellent to each other, just like last episode, and uh, be a force to talk to you soon.